Well, welcome to Scots Radio's new gardening programme, Simply Cad Grow Radio. I'm Frida Morrison, and in a minute I'll be joining the team in the studio, or should I say studios, because we're, we're on different parts of the country, joined up with magic technology and bits of strength, I think. But I thought I'd invite you into my own wee bit of garden first. And I'm just outside the, the greenhouse at the moment. Fine please that the wind has died down. And I think the birds feel the same. They're uh, getting on with it. Birds get on with it this time of year. And at the far end of the garden, the bees are busy bringing in great big bunch of yellow pollen into their hives. I've got about four hives doing there. And they're just having great fun buzzing about. And they're enjoying the catkins hanging through the branches, willow catkins especially. They love that. They're not just quite out yet, but I've got lovely big willow trees. And trees sometimes sound as if they're buzzing. We've got buds on the apple trees, buds on the plum trees. Oh, and I wish I could just smell the scents in the greenhouse. I wonder if I could just pop in there briefly. Apart from the, the earth warming up, the smell of the flowers inside here is lovely. Open the door, everybody. Uh, now, this is a big greenhouse, so I plant a lot of vegetables in the soil. I've got vegetable seeds popping their heads out. I'll replace their salads mainly. And in the trays, I've got a lot of tagetes. I'll speak about that later. And at the far end of the greenhouse, I've planted some tatty seeds, Mayan gold this year. And a pal recommended this, so I'm trying to do it for the first time. And I'm going to squeeze past the big mock orange or the quince. And then doing here is in my favourite flowers. This is the trillium, or the Easter flower. And I thought it would be apt to introduce it to this at this time of year. It's got three great big leaves. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, it's usually referred to. And they've got a beautiful white flower, like a star. Oh, and the scent when it's out is divine. I'll post a few pics on the website and the, the Facebook pages later on to let you see what I'm speaking about. But now I've just seen the time. <laughs> no time to hang about. Like the birds, it's busy. And uh, I've got to join the birds in our virtual studio. So join me and I'll introduce you to them. And, uh, as I said, welcome to Grow Radio. Hello again, this is Frida Morrison and this is Grow Radio. And welcome to our virtual gardens. But near virtual gardeners, they are very real. Let me introduce you to the team ready, willing and able to sort out your gardens, whether they be big or small, pots, windy boxes, or nothing at all. Just enjoy the banter and the fresh air. And we've got suggestions tea for armchair gardeners. So, the team, the heat gardener himself, past curator of the Botanic Gardens in Edinburgh, and chair of the Open Garden Scheme, mayor about that later, welcome Dave Mitchell. Hello there, Frida, how are you doing? I'm fine, Dave. And in Edinburgh, who's so and sorter 
and another keen gardener, Richie Werner. Hiya, how's it going? <laughs> right, we're all fine. The connections hey. are all they're all huddling together with elastic elastic bandies again. Very, very much <laughs> it feels <laughs> it feels like bits of paper and elastic bandies. No, oh. I had to a wee bit explaining today. This will be a monthly edition. We'll start off with a monthly edition first. Right. And I need to explain the format a wee bit. We have gardening questions on email and a new thing. We have gardening questions recorded by folk on their phones and sent to us via our pal card, Andrew, who we've lost completely on the system. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> he, he's the gatherer. He's, he's the gatherer. He's somewhere. He, yeah, he's put kind of revolving around and around the satellite. I think so. No. <laughs> you must find that the recorded questions are seem to come for the same earth. That is because <laughs> Andrew's family... And friends are volunteers, and they have volunteered to be our first to test the system. And there are really keen gardeners, and they all seem to come from Andrew Comsway. So, we'll crack on, just in case we we'll lose the whole thing. So, each of the gist of this new format, we encourage you to, to record your question and send them in to Andrew, and he'll play the mood for us. So, this is where you send them. You send your emails and your questions by email to info at growradio.com. Info at growradio.com. Okay, I'll crack on. And although this is Scots Radio, you didn't hate to be able to speak Scots all the time. We met here, child, with, with Gallic questions, mind you, but I'll cross that break <laughs> when it comes up. On that very note, Aye. let's get started. Okay, we start with an audio. And the first question comes from Jim Taylor. How do you attract wee birds into the garden? Let's hear what Jim has to say. I just wondered, fit advice you would give for selecting plants to attract small birds. We've got big thistles sometimes in the garden that does attract goldfinches, and uh, I'm really pleased with that. But can you advise on other kind of plants? Uh, we've got laburnum trees, which usually attracts butterflies, and, uh, and sometimes small birds as well. I'd be awful pleased if you could give me some advice. Okay, David, over to you. Well, you can, getting wee birds in the garden is a nice thing today because a lot of them are seed feeders rather than berries, and, and that's when you want the grasses, ornamental grasses in the gardens. And oh, good things, idea. Things, things like asters and um, echinacea and solidago, they like them, and sunflowers and cranes bill, and okay. they're kind of partially honeysuckle, I know. You know, they're never fussy. Right. Can I come in there a wee minute and tell folk about a, a new book that's just been launched? It's been launched by Hamish MacDonald, the ex-past uh, Scots screever, and uh -huh. it's called Wilson's Ornithology and Birds in Scots. Illustrations by Alexander Wilson, of course, he was a 19th century traveller in, in America, and poems by Hamish himself, Hamish MacDonald, and it's a cracker of a book. But that should be enough to keep folk going with the wee birds, eh, All David? Right. Oh, I, I, I've just got that book in my hand because you tell me about it and I it's love the wee bit in the back. It says, sing like a lindy and let your voice be heard. It's a, it's a bonny wee book, you know, mm. and I would encourage folk to do anything they can to encourage birds in the garden. And uh, pyracanthus oh, and catoniasters oh. are good day, you know. Okay. And I just remind folk, I've, I've just remembered myself uh -huh. that we've got uh, Hamish speaking about his new book, just up on the Scots Radio website, oh. and it's a cracker. And Hamish goes into far, of course, Alexander Wilson was and his his influence that he had on uh, ornithology, etc. And uh, it's, as I said, it's a cracking wee book. But you can hear 
hear him speaking about it himself on the Scots Radio website. Right. Fantastic. Thanks to Jim for that recording. Moving on to an email question. This is for John Williams in Carnoustie. You ready, Dave? Oh, aye, fine. Okay. Can you give me some information about starting a compost bin? That's always a difficult one. Well, I don't care what's difficult about making compost. It's an I art form. You've just right. got to be patient. And it's about stacking the material right, turning it regularly, letting the air in, and, you know, mixing your material so that you've got grass cuttings, tatty peelings, weeds, herbaceous stems, maybe even a bit of leaf mould. And you need patience to make compost. It's not something you do overnight. Good compost takes, I reckon, two years to make. Some folk will do it in a year, but you need a couple of years. You can buy any of the fancy bins, or you can make in your cell out of wire netting, posts, maybe even all pallets, whatever. As long as it's getting the air about it and you turn it regular, that's the key thing. Right, next question, audio question, and this is for Joan, and it's about plants for poor soil. That's here for Joan. I have a south-facing garden, which is very steep. When I moved in, the garden was full of winds and remnants of bushes. It's now been cleared and into three terraces. The soil, though, is pretty poor, ranging from very wet clay to dry, dusty ground. There is also building debris covered by a thin layer of soil. I'd like to know what kind of plants would survive in such poor soil. Thank you. David? Oh, well, you can. there's a lot of things that will grow in poor soils. One of my favourites is that Achillea moonshine with its big yellow chrome-coloured plates and then you get other things that are good like budleas and verbascums and there's an awful bony ornamental grass that I like, Stipa gigantea and purple-leaved sediums and of course the euphorbias or oh, Don Big Euphorbia wolf and I with its great big chrome-coloured fluors. So an awful bony thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and off now, right, we, we break for outside gardens, and uh, I said we can get some for armchair gardeners. David, you've sorted out a book or two that folk like, might like to see in here. Look at Well, you asked me about this, and I, I got to thinking about Scottish authors, and you, can, you know, the first was a fella called John Reid, who wrote a book called The Scotch Gardener. And it was all about the climate in Scotland and plants for Scotland. And he wrote that in 1683, before he went off to New Jersey and became surveyor general out there with an Ophabonnie estate. And Abercrombie, his book, 1767, Every Man and His Gardener, William Forsyth, and again, John Claudius Loudon, they all wrote about gardening. But if I had to choose a book, if I wanted to get on fruit and vegetables, I wouldn't go past Kenneth Cox and Caroline Beaton's book, Fruit and Vegetables for Scotland. If I was planning for the future with ornamental plants, I would pick Kenneth and Raoul Curtis Machen's book, Garden Plants for Scotland. And if I just wanted to sit down in an armchair and travel around the world, I think I'd pick Kenneth's book, The Riddle of the Tanks, Poe Gorges. Right, back to the garden questions again. Question email for Jeanette at Lomfannan. Peter and Jeanette, by the way, run a fantastic market garden at the, the farm garden at Lomfannan. And I think Jeanette's asked this question on behalf of other folk because she would ken how to date herself, but just to let folk hear. Plants for containers and pots. And this is for folk maybe the Disney hair garden, David. And Richie, of course, you've got a lot of stuff in pots as well. I'm doing my best. I am, I'm trying to make you say uh, the, the sort of the vegetables that I've used to make soup or like uh, bits and pieces I've got for the supermarket and I'm I'm sort of just putting them in a wee pot and seeing what will grow and what will not they so leeks are coming on off easy and celery is just coming in 
and uh, bits of packed choy and stuff. So I'm I'm trying to sort of regenerate them, and it's amazing watching them all come up. You know. So you you just planting the, like uh, some sort of stuff into that you're using in the soup, and you're just putting yeah. them into pots as well. It's like the end really? of, the end of the leak, and then they're sprouting new growth, and the roots are coming out, Good. and I'm oh. potting them up and putting them out in the wall outside. <laughs> Why it. no? See it. Okay, David, what would you suggest for uh, containers first of all? Well, I, I think. Before he suggests cultivars, there's two or three lessons about hanging baskets, containers, window boxes. Make sure they never dry out. Give oh, a, a good rich compost um, and make sure you maybe a, a wee bit of liquid fertiliser now and again. And another wee tip is I like to put a bit of vermiculite in them so that the vermiculite oh, holds the moisture. You can, there's a lot there's a lot of things you can grow though, Frida. It really depends what you want. Here I am sitting in a, a flat somewhere, a here garden, thinking a day. Well, you can plant a window box with salad crops, Lola Rosa, salad bowl, you can have radishes, you can have salad onions, you can have a hanging basket outside in your patio with tomato stone thumb in it, or you could maybe even have a container with tatties like the variety of Anya. You could even put strawberries in a hanging basket. It's it, it's gonna please yourself. But, but win window boxes in particular fit with you. I mean, uh, said, I, window boxes. It depends on where they're facing. But I would, if it was me with window boxes, I would just stick to salad crops and maybe some herbs. Aye, herbs would be nice, eh? Herbs would be Aye. good. Aye, you could sage, mustard seed, you know, chives. Time, you know. Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay, email. This is for Alison McDonald. And are there any kinds of varieties of veggies that will deter bugs? I suppose this is what we call companion plants as well. We'll get that in there. Well, 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 we can put that in. There was a couple of carrots varieties bred back in the last ten years. Fly away and resist a fly. Some folks say they work very well. Other folk haven't had as much success with them. Another couple of wee tricks for carrot flies, planting tajit teas or French marigolds beside them or nigella. Right. And some folks swear by putting a wee bit of grass clippings after you've mowed the lawn down round by the side of the carrot skin, just every, about half an inch layer just along the side of the row every right. time you cut the grass. So. Huh. When I was in the, the greenhouse, I was telling folk about my, my trays of tajitis because I, I grew a lot of them just for my companion and for the green fly and the salads. Otherwise, you have meat and veg at the same time, it's so covered with green fly. What's it they well, don't the, like? The, is, it, is it the smell they don't like? Or? Aye. Ah, is that right? Well, I mean, uh, some folk use things like chervil and uh -huh. um, cilantro, and coriander oh, if you're doing in the greenhouse. But if you think about all of them, if you crush their leaves, uh -huh. they've, they've got a really strong smell. They produce a volatile oil. The in insects that are like the smell oh, and it's supposed see. to deter them. That is a natural defence. I yep. put somewhere in the depths of my memory banks, I think there's a, a correlation between folk doing experiments with marigolds and midges. Oh, midges. Get the midges, dude. Deters midges as well. That's <laughs> very good information. Nah, listen, there's <laughs> nothing keeps midges off. <laughs> They're the most determined wee scunner I've ever met. That is determined wee scunners. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Audio question again. Okay, this is for Gordon, and he's got snails in his raised beds, and he sent this. Copper bands any good? Let's hear for Gordon. I have a raised bed in my garden that is invaded by snails that come over the water for a grassy slope that gings down to the seashore. It's worth buying the copper banding to try and stop the snails from climbing onto this bed. Okay, David, what do you think? Nah. They Me didn't no. work. 
They didn't uh, work. There really? was a trial with the RHS a few years ago, and it didn't matter whether it was copper banding, grit, wool pellets, or bark, or whatever. These slugs and snails will slide over the top of it. There's only in road to get rid of them. Pick them off with your hand, put them in a bucket, and tuck them away out the road, and that's no into their neighbour's garden. We'll do down over the field, out the road. Imagine picking the snails in your neighbour's garden. You, no, you didn't do, do that. that. You, you take do them away out of the road, you but you can't them. never do that. You can't them. So wait a minute. Snails have got a memory. They can't no, have a bath. I'm telling you. Watch I'm him. Watch you. him, Richie. Watch him. He's so you got, Take them a good, a good, uh, a good uh, what street away or something. You got to take them at least twenty meters away. Twenty meters. That's probably about two hundred miles for a snail, eh? Are they can? They're jet propelled snails. If they get a scent of the one less, then you worry, boy. I'm still stuck on the idea. Snails in a memory. Aye. So if you're you're bad to its chums, it'll remember for you were. See ya. And if See you're ya. less taste better than your neighbours, it'll ken how to finish road back. Okay, I'm off about snails my memory. Right. Okay, back to questions again. This is Ian for your Gaelic advisor, just in case we get questions in Gaelic. This is for, you know, my favourite Gaelic singers, Kathleen McInnes, Richie Yale, Ken Kathleen. Kathleen. (laughs) Kathleen's a cracker. She's a leather gardener, but keen to learn as well. And her question, fit can a grass seed, would you recommend after we prepare the soil for the trampoline used to be in the family garden? So fit can a grass seed. David... Well, you want a general purpose mix that's got um, perennial ryegrass in it and some tall fescues, red fescues and brown top. But the most important thing is don't buy cheap seed, buy good quality seed. The more expensive mm-hmm. the grass seed mix you buy, the better it'll be. Oh, OK. Right, next in is for Bo Ness and uh, Michael Hans. This is what Michael has to say about his girl, the rose. It's a bonny shrub and it comes up in the spring. There's bonny flowers later on in the year and it was I a thing to look forward to but fits happened the past two years is that it's just covered with I don't know can fit the R but are the leaves ends up looking like lace the floors this Nicomboni it's a big disappointment because it was I a bony thing in the garden and I really liked it do I need to tuck the hill thing down or will they just gang away their cells or or fit Anyway, looking forward to hearing fit you and the experts has to tell me. Thanks. Well, I reckon what's wrong with Michael's Gelder Rose's Blackfly. Just a type of aphid. You know, they're a real scunner on euonymus and dahlias and nasturtiums and all. You can use perithroid sprays to control them, but I don't like doing that. Me, I check the plant regularly. As soon as I see them, squidge them with my fingers. Uh Or if the tip's really bad, cut it off. Um, and remember, if you do choose to spray, never spray when the flowers are open on the plant. Wow. Okay. okay. Right. Audio question again. This one is for Joyce about the hydrangea. Let's hear for Joyce what's happening. I bought a hydrangea in a pot for my garden two years ago and it bloomed really well that year, but there's been no sign of it since. Can you please tell me if anything can be done to revitalise it? The best thing to do with a plant is to put it out in the garden in a sheltered kind of, I always think a west-facing aspect is better, um, but organic matter ruin its roots. It might take a couple of years to flower again after it's made root, then let it dry out in the summer, and um, ah, get a swearing every time you get past it and it'll flower off. tell Joyce to get that. <laughs> ah, get a scolding. Just tell it straight. Just tell it straight. And if you didn't flew, you're gone to bucket. You can so also you can just see the newspapers. 
<laughs> Just see the newspapers. <laughs> Gardening program tells folk to give things a swearing. <laughs> okay. Right, Dave, I mentioned earlier that you are the chair of Scotland's Garden Scheme. Before we find out about the challenges the new, for them it isn't a hair to the charity. Tell us, Mayor. Well, the charity was founded in 1931. Um, it opens currently, it would normally open 500 gardens a year from Shetland to Galloway. We had 71 new gardens that were due to open this year for us, but sadly with everything that's going on, our gardens are all closed. But 2021 will be our 90th birthday, and in that 90 years we've raised over £7 million and given it away to charity, a million of that in the last four years alone. Um, we have our garden owners, our district organisers and our treasurers who do a fantastic job and really we're there to promote health and well-being in communities and we support roughly 235 charities across Scotland and three core charities, that's Maggie's, the Queen's Nursing Institute for Scotland um, and Perennial, which is for the you know gardeners that have had challenges in life. So, you know, the work that mm -hmm. we do is vital to our communities and vital to the well-being of the nation. Good on you. And I should mention there that uh, if you want to get deliveries, check up at your local garden centres to see if they can deliver to your gardens and be the, the horticultural trade some help as well. If you want to find out more about the garden scheme, you can always look on the website, scotlandsgardens.org. Grand, absolutely. And right, you'll mind um, the yellow book and the yellow signs. Oh, the yellow signs. That's what the gardens in Scotland... I've seen so many of them in autumn. I really hope we're getting to go out and enjoy some of those beautiful Well, gardens. I hope that we can get the chance to let folk visit a few of them this autumn. Yeah. That would be lovely, because we'll all need eh? to get outside then, but not oh, until. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, we're kind of wandering about sometimes in our gardens, then it has them. Right. But then we can look at the windies. It's lovely to see the daffodils coming out, David, isn't it? And, oh, uh, I love get, they're, they're just coming out with me just now. I mean, we're a later up really? in the north of Scotland. Goodness. So can you tell us about the daffodils? Well, I always think of daffodils as the heralds of spring. You can, there's about 50 species that arise naturally. Wow. Uh, and they're mainly found in woodlands and grassland and alpine habits throughout Europe. Some of them like hot, sunny conditions. And there's a preferred shade and moisture. But, you know, there's literally thousands of different varieties but you know one of my favorites i think are things like this nice clean shapes like narcissus cyclamineus and february gold golden harvest or narcissus thalia and then the pheasant size that have a lovely um fragrance like narcissus mm. actia and narcissus poeticus but you know there's even yins that you can force and put into the greenhouse they're very mm -hmm. adaptable. You can grow them in borders, containers, naturalise them in the they're grass. Lovely things. What's okay, wrong the, the only with thing that I, I against Daffy is that the bees didn't like them. For some well, reason, the bees no, didn't like no, them. Bee, bee, now, bees pollinate daffodils, and so do butterflies and moths. Oh. And the queer thing about the bee and the daffodil is the bee sees the daffodil in a different colour. It's no yellow to him. It's, 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 it's more like a kind of bluey-green. But... I think of all my favourite daffodils. What's wrong with the wild yin? Just the Lent lily, the wild oh, daffodil, Narcissus pseudochlorus. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, we all know that poem of Wordsworth. I wandered lonely as a cloud, and you know, it goes on and it mentions a host of golden daffodils. And that got me thinking: Was there any poets in Scotland that had written about 
daffodils, and I expected Burns and James Hogg, but I couldn't find very much. And then I found a lovely poem by a lady called Betty McKellar um, on a website, and it, it's called Yala. Now, Betty McKellar was a school teacher and a sheep farmer's wife for Loch Winner, um, and a very respected poet, and just the last few wee lines of it, Yalla's the fuzz on the back of the bumblebee, bumbling in the fleur rosettes. It's the yorlin bird among the plothrin hazel catkins singing its best. It's daffodil ladies blowing their trumpets under a tree. Oh, no. I just remember, uh, Dave, that uh, you've got that quote, in fact, I've seen it myself, for the Scotch Language Centre. That's where that, that poetry quote came from. Right, uh, we're on to our last couple of questions. This is an audio question again, and uh, this is for Lorna. Let's hear if it, Lorna wants to get a boot. I think it's plants for butterflies. My house is beside the sea. I'd like to grow more plants that would attract bees and butterflies. Are there any perennials you can recommend that would survive the salt spray? Thank you. Right, David. You can, there's, there's, there's an awful lot of things that you can grow near the sea for encouraged butterflies. You know, the best and you know, my favourites is that Sedum Herbsteinfriend or Sedum Autumn Joy, as it used to be. Shrubby Wise, Ceanothus, Cotoneaster, Horizontalis, and Budleas. And there's no wrong with common stuff like lavenders and Napita. Why? Or maybe herbs like chives and allium or, you know, hyssop and teasel. Right. And there's what's wrong with fox clubs in a sheltered spot? Mm -hmm. There's Absolutely. nothing like a bumblebee waggling its backside inside a fox club floor. <laughs> That's a it's just image. the grandest thing to ground you bonny. and let you realise the importance of insects. Okay, I'm on, I'm on to butterflies. Marjoram is my favourite. I've got Ooh. a marjoram plant just outside the kitchen door. And when you let the marjoram floors blossom, I'm naked in. It's knee-deep and butterflies, and bees as well. But the butterflies love marjoram flowers. Can I move on now, when we mention bees, in fact, uh -huh. I'm just going to point out that in my introduction, I mentioned that I had beehives in my garden. Uh -huh. um, I mean, I'm near the beekeeper. Before folks start asking me about keeping bees, I've got the help of a, a local beekeeper, and it's, it's, it's their hives in there. But, and I'm really privileged to be able to hear the hives in in my garden. But then we're on the subject. I've got a great book I would recommend. It's called The Bee Garden by Maureen Little. How to create or adapt a garden to attract and nurture bees. And it's published by Spring Hill. Price £16.99. Uh, look up, the email is info at howtobooks.co.uk and I really, really love this book. And it's got every sort of aspect of planting for bees and butterflies inside that book. Lovely. Right. Last question, uh, or almost the last question. Again, there's going to be mere. Any alternative to plastic, plastic ground cover in greenhouses and gardens? David, have you come across any? Well, there's a, a new low-carbon footbin product called Ecotext. And the other thing that I quite like is there's a lot of coir fibre products out there oh, aye, um, that are, you know, that are good and, and acting as matting. Um and, you know, there's nothing wrong with a normal mulch in some situations. If you get the ground weed free and you put a decent mulch down on top of it, it helps to keep the weeds down as well. Do you see that Ecotex you tell us about? I've tried it. I've got a roll of it. And I'm sitting it in the greenhouse, right? Just waiting uh -huh. to, to, to use it. 
And the wee varmints, the mice love it because it's matting. And it's made of different materials. And they've been digging little holes in the, and running off weed for their nests. So watch out the wee varmints and your ecotex and your matting. They love it to bits. Anyway, um, at least you've got something that is an alternative to plastic. I'm trying to toot. It lasts longer in the greenhouse, apparently, oh, uh, than outside, obviously. But then it just disintegrates naturally oh, and uh, it uses as a mulch. Right, that's Ecotex. <sighs> Far are we? I think that, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, that could bring us to the eye of this first virtual garden programme. It's called Grow Radio, man. And it's info at growradio.com where you want to get in contact with us. I'm Frida Morrison and with me is our soon sorter, Richie Werner, aye, aye. and our heat gardener, uh, Dave Mitchell. And uh, as I said, we've been held together uh, making this programme with bits of sticky tape and <laughs> elastic bandies. But it's magic technology again. And, uh, it's wonderful when it I works. Have, uh, sometimes <laughs> it works. Oh, me and my nerves. Oh, can boy. I invite you now to get in contact with us either via email, as I said, or iPhone via gardening questions? We would awful like to hear from you. Aye. Name it, if you've just started, we've all been there. And I hope you've enjoyed our first dinner doing the garden and giving you a wee glimpse into Fitz. Sitting out there, and fit can be done inside your flats and containers and window boxes, nothing. So dinner pit off, and dinner be fit to get in touch. Just get in touch with only one. Here's the email address again to send your emails and your phone recordings. It's emails info at growradio.com, and our website is www.growradio.com. And you can find out more about what we're doing on Scotch Radio across on the other side. It's www.scotchradio.com. And I think that's all I need to say. I don't think else have I missed it. Oh, the music you're hearing. Oh. It is fantastic. It is Hamish Napier's new album. It's called Woods. And it's highly recommended. It's a beautiful album. One thing else. You want to say anything else there before I go? No, I'm, I'm fine. You're okay? Have I missed it or anything? What are the information? I'll just sit and think. You see, we've done it for the first time, and it'll start and change. But as I said, this program will be a monthly edition, and we've thoroughly enjoyed ourselves putting this together. We've found out a lot. You can what I like about about this show, eh? What what I like <laughs> is that I'm I'm the sort of common man of gardening. I I don't know much about plants and flowers. I can what's a weed and I can what's a plant, and that's about it. But the knowledge that even in this past show I've just garnered from you, absolute horticultural heavyweights, has really gave me the impetus to get out and demare. Do you know that? So I've really enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure hearing you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's lovely because you've got little pots and you've planted. Little cuttings for trees and everything in your, your windowsill. I've seen them in your own garden. Got my wee my wee pots, my wee garden, and it's uh, a lot of uh, child child activity in my bit as well. So it's making it child sort of safe, child friendly, and getting them to understand what's what and what you can do and enjoy the dirt. You know, there's nothing like getting the dirt under your fingernails, eh? Absolutely. So. And e- even if, if your youngest daughter Izzy cuts off the heads of your tulips, she, it doesn't matter. Take the heads off my tulips. <laughs> that was supposed to be a secret. <laughs> Much I did, I heard. I heard, I heard, I heard. <laughs> Right, we need to say our right? Are you ready? Aye. So on behalf of the team, well, I mentioned Andrew. Andrew, since he's here. aye, bless. Uh, well, I mentioned Andrew, because he, he took in all the audio stuff. He did, so I, we'll he, I, I, Andrew. He'll heap of work, aye. I know, I know, we can't find him. Aye, he's Andrew. still circulating in his, in his rocket in his spaceship somewhere. 
on behalf of the team, David Mitchell, Andrew Davison, Richard Werner, and myself, Frida Monson. Bide well, bide safe, and buy the new. Ready? Buy the new. Buy the new. Buy the new.